Welcome back. The Hammer Down Show rolls on on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Uh, we're popping over the Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, you know him, you love him from the mothership. Jason Fitz is on with us, buddy. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And it is a, it's like one of the best weeks that you can have in the sports year, right? Like the Super Bowl week just hits different. Oh, absolutely. And especially this year when you look at it, I mean, this is a refreshing Super Bowl a little bit because you get. Look, we've come out an era where there's no more Mannings, there's no more Roethlisberger, there's no more Brady. And, and, you know, those are the names that have just dominated the last couple of weekends of the NFL season for a while. Now uh, you get a young upstart in, in Joe Burrow. You get a guy like Stafford who's been around, people around the league seem to genuinely like and is finally getting his chance. I mean, this is, uh, this is kind of a refreshing Super Bowl, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, it leads to a, a kind of an interesting thought on, where the NFL is with the rising stars, because you can make the argument to what you just said that, you know, over the last few years, if you don't watch any football, but you watch the Super Bowl, you know some of the Mahomes and, and the Bradys and the Mannings that we've gotten so used to. Uh, but if you're tuning in this year, you may not know the backstory of Joe Burrow. So, like, this is new for you. You might not even know Matt Stafford. Like, I'd argue that for people that don't love football the, the way so many of us do, that Odell Beckham Jr. might be the only big recognizable you see him in Starbucks and you say, oh, my God, I got to talk to that guy, right? Like, so <laughs> I think that's a huge opportunity for the league, though, to look at it and say, hey, we're building with new. And, and the Bengals are a great example of that with as, as young as they are in skill positions. Like, you're looking at the same man, the health of the league, something we talk about all the time in the NBA. Like, the health of the future of the league is in great hands when you start talking about how young and new some of these stars are. And, which is great because I think uh, some people get a little bit of fatigue with the college national football game because you know you always have Alabama or, or or you know it's like the same five or six teams every year type deal. It's nice that the NFL can finally kind of break away from some of the regular teams we've seen over the last decade and, and get to uh, very fresh faces in there. I think it's great. Yeah, and and to that end, you know, I'm lucky to cover so much college football for ESPN, and you're a thousand percent right. Like, there's fatigue, and part of the reason. People are screaming for playoff expansions. They just want to see something different, right? And so you can look across the board and say, at least in the NFL, this is not only are the Bengals doing something that's fun to watch, they're doing something that gives every fan base hope. If you can go from being the worst team in the NFL to in the Super Bowl in two years, how differently do we all look at our franchise saying, hey, all we need is a Joe Burrow. Now, that's a big all we need, but there <laughs> is at least a concept that like, hey, we, we are two drafts away from being a Super Bowl team as well if the Bengals are. And that's, that's inspiring for every fan base. I, that, and to that end, too, there, Jason, I think that it used to be 10 years ago when you had a draft and, and young quarterbacks coming out, you had maybe, what, like one or two that you say, hey, these guys can kind of – they can turn it around for a franchise. Now, you had that one great year where Rivers, Roethlisberger, and, and Manning come out and then all of a sudden start to expand. Now, I, I mean, you come out and you say, there's four or five guys here that – you know, maybe can start turning things around for franchises on day one where you used to not get that there. And, and, I, and I love that, too. I think that's another thing that's going to be great for the league and it's going to continue uh, this a uh, little bit of parity when we start getting to this weekend at the end of the year. Yeah, there's so much that goes into wanting young quarterbacks to be successful more quickly. And as a result, one thing that NFL offenses have figured out is instead of trying to change the way everybody is as a player when they come in the building – why not figure out what works best for them? So what we're seeing are college offensive concepts coming into the NFL. And as a result, not only are quarterbacks having success faster, so are wide receivers and because it benefits them as well. So 
Whereas we in past years might look at a Justin Jefferson or a Jamar Chase, guys like that, and, and think, okay, it takes a couple of years to get your footing in the NFL. Now, so many of the concepts that they run are similar to what they ran in college. They're better prepared for it. They can be better players from day one, and that can help everybody feel like there's turnaround happening. You know, So it, it really does give the league more hope than ever for the teams that are in the bottom half that they're one, you know, one opportunity, one good draft, one solid draft away from suddenly being contenders. ESPN's Jason Fitz on with us here on the Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, the one thing this game is missing, though, I think is a clear-cut villain, right? We, we just we don't have that. You don't really have anybody. Like, maybe you can be on, hey, I love the Bengals story. I'll, I'll pull for them. But there's no, like, man, I don't want to see Brady do this. Man, I'm, I, Jackson Mahomes and, and his fiance. I don't want to. Like, there's, there's no real villain in this game, is there? No, and that's interesting to me, too, because you're a thousand percent. Look at the way we cover the NBA. Like, it's not that different than the way that we cover Avengers movies. Like, you've got to have a good guy and a bad guy, and ultimately you really want the good guy to win. Like, that's sports of the ultimate reality show at times because of that. Like, if you were the kid that was really a big Darth Vader fan, then you're constantly rooting for the bad guy. If you were the kid that's a Luke Skywalker fan, then you're rooting for the good guy to pull it out. And that's what we do every single week throughout the course. Like, it's easy to make in college football. Alabama is so easy to make the villain that then you've always got a team to root against. And this year it became easy to root for Georgia in those situations. So this year what is interesting is that there isn't a, a villain to root against in this. Even the Rams, the way they constructed their roster, so much of it was done like they're playing Madden and, and they're in franchise mode. They don't care about the future. Like, they've, tra- they've traded away everything to build with. And usually we find that as a reason to hate a team. And instead, it's really become endearing to watch all these players come together and say, hey, we want to make it happen. So even where we usually would have a villain, we still end up with good guys. This is good guy versus good guy. So, you know, this is that like uh, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate yes, Warrior, where both of them were good. <laughs> I knew that was coming. As soon as you started good guy, good guys, exactly where my mind went. I love how we're on the same wavelength with this kind of stuff. So. When you Always play, comes back to 80s pro wrestling. I oh, yeah. You, you, you were sitting talking about Madden. I'm like, yeah, no, they can't hit the reset button. There's, and I've realized because the kids don't know what the reset button on the console is. I mean, <laughs> they don't have it anymore. you got to turn it off or you got to exit out or something like that. There's no reset like you had on the NES and the Sega. It doesn't exist no more. Oh, that's amazing, and you're so right. Like <laughs> you can't na- Nowadays, like autosave features, too, even if you try just like throw your controller, you pick it up, you're still, you, you still pick up the game right where you left off. It's really yeah. an injustice to my childhood. Yeah. Huh. How am I going to explain any of this to my children? I, I don't know, but I'll, I'll soldier on and find a way. <laughs> we're, we're talking with Jason Fitz here from uh, ESPN on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Um, I know it's going to be a hugely bet-on game here, too. We could talk about the angles, uh, uh, you know, who, who's got the advantage this way and that way, but we all know what we love when it comes to Super Bowl betting. It's those exotic bets, right? Do you have, like, a favorite bet that you love here? Are you like, I, I want to bet, like, the Gatorade and the coin toss, or are you like, hey, man, I, I want to bet on a player that I know is just going to have a great game? I'm like, there's so much chance to the Gatorade and the coin toss that I usually stay away from it and just laugh at it, right? Like, that's the one thing, too, and, and, you know, part of the reason they are sure to limit how much you can wager on the national anthem is, like, all that stuff is rehearsed and pre-recorded. So there's so many people that know – how long the track is that the singer's singing to, right? Like, so you would think the information would leak out, but they do a nice job. I always go to, like, if I can bet on players, on individuals, that's what I look for in the Super Bowl. So, like, the opportunity to look at over-unders on yards and points, like, that's the stuff that I think I at least, at least I feel like I'm controlling a little bit of my mindset in it as opposed, as opposed to the coin toss. It's too arbitrary for me. I'm too cheap. 
I feel like you got to get with me here. I'm going to throw a dollar down on the appearance of Hologram or the real Tupac during the halftime show. That's that. That's my <laughs> that's my lotto pick for this one. I feel like it's it's not going to be too bad. I'm going to hit and I'm going to be laughing on Monday. I can feel it. I, you know, that's the one thing I keep saying over and over and over. It's like you have all these legendary Hall of Fame entertainers playing together and Kendrick, you know, but you've got all these people together on this stage with so much talent. Don't give me a hologram. Just give me Dre's portion of California love and keep it moving. Like, I've got real people. I don't need the hologram, but nobody seems to agree with me. We'll see. You know, it is what it is, but uh, I do love the uh, the halftime shows. So when it comes down to it here, I, I mean, who, who wins this thing? This is, what, a, a four-point spread in this one. We really haven't, we haven't had a single uh, score game, I think, in the Super Bowl for, what, like maybe like four or five years since, like, Brady went to overtime, right? So, um, I think it's going to be a close one, but uh, who wins this thing, and uh, what do you think is the determining factor in them winning it to the, uh, on Sunday? Well, I, you know, the funny thing is, if you're asking me who wins right now, I, I, I still lean Bengals because, frankly, even though this sounds crazy, we've seen more high-pressure, oh-my-God moments from Joe Burrow's career, if you include college, than we have from Matt Stafford, right? Like, as good as Stafford has been at times, Stafford's also thrown balls this, this postseason that should have been picked off. And mm-hmm. Go back and watch the Bengals' defense. Like They have not dropped those picks. That's a big part of how they've won is that when you make unforced errors, the Bengals take advantage of it. And that, that, that's key to me. But the funny thing is I would not be surprised at all, even through that process, if Aaron Donald's the MVP of this thing. Because you know I keep making the same joke. Like They should just announce him as the starting running back for the Bengals. He's going to be in the backfield the entire game. They, they don't have an answer for him so the crazy thing is that that speaks to the superman ability of burrow to take the hits and keep getting up uh the legend of joe burrow win or lose is going to explode from this game because he's going to get beat up but i just i have a hard time betting against him because even when he's getting beaten up he doesn't make mistakes so i think burrow has a big game i think Aaron donald has a big game but i think the Bengals win this thing at the end and their clutch rookie kicker comes in big time to help them win a super bowl as a Steelers fan, I don't like hearing any of that stuff, but it's the reality that I'm going to have to deal with here probably for the next 15 years and, you know, it'll be on the other end of this thing. Uh, I still personally think, look, uh, this is this is my pitch to you before we go. This is my pitch. I say this game ends with the Bengals win. It ends on an interception because there was a, a there's one guy on the Bengals with uh, Super Bowl experience, and we're in Purdue country here, and he's a Purdue Boilermaker. And it's Ricardo Allen. And you might remember that overtime game, right? The, that ball was on his foot uh, in that Patriots uh, Atlanta. Ball was on his foot. One guy with Super Bowl experience on the Bengals. I feel like this is a redemption tour for him. He seals the deal. That's my prediction for you right there. I love it. Every single game so far in the postseason for the Bengals has ended with the Bengals. The, the last play for the other team has been an interception. So uh, you're, you're, you know, they, they beat the Raiders, my beloved Raiders, on the – on the interception at the goal line, uh, the last play that the Titans ran was an interception by Tannehill. We all remember that. And then they intercepted the ball in overtime. So maybe you're on to something there. You know, why not him? Uh, but we know that the opposing team's going to throw a, a pick if they win. That's how it happens. Jason Fitz, again, the co-host of Spain and Fitz, which is a tremendous program that you should definitely check out. And buddy, I appreciate you making some time for us on a Friday. You're awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. Have a great